Welcome to the 88th Readiness Division's Blue Devil Podcast. In this episode, Major General Daryl Guthrie talks with Cheryl Phillips, the 88th RD Director of Public Affairs, to discuss his priorities in the form and function of the Readiness Division. Do that. 
catalog uh, four common lines of effort, uh, human resource services and programs, infrastructure, uh, operations, and logistics. Now, those four in and of themselves sound, sound very much like the base ops functions that we currently provide, uh, but, I, but I think uh, if we take a little twist on that, uh, my, prior, the, my priorities uh, will help drive us, uh, you know, to actually uh, improve this readiness uh, that we keep talking about. And that, by the way, readiness, you know, in the, for the Army is always difficult to explain to people. It's not as difficult in the Air Force or the Navy because readiness for them is defined by, by airplanes or ships. Uh, and for us, it, it's a little bit different. Uh, so I have right now, I've, I've set out three priorities uh, that nest with General Daniels' five uh, priorities. So first is people. Uh, and as the Chief of Staff of the Army and Secretary of the Army say, people uh, are indeed the number one priority, uh, and they, they are for us uh, as well. Now, when I talk about people, I'm talking a little bit less about, uh, or I'm, not, I'm, I'm talking about individuals, but I'm also talking a little bit about the organization. Uh, I think it's really, really important that we convert uh, rapidly to the Envision G staff structure for the organization. But I think it's important that we convert to this general staff organization from the traditional base ops uh, structure for really one important reason, and that is this expanded set of services that we have to provide in the RD require us uh, to be organized different so that, so that people, one, understand uh, uh, who, who to contact, uh, and two, that we're aligned better with the USARC uh, when it comes to making uh, executing, you know, their orders uh, and plans. Uh, I think second with people is this idea we've really got to recruit to the new TDA that we now have in place. And so that expanded the headquarters uh, from uh, by about 100 plus positions. Uh, initially, those are just TPU positions. Eventually, some of those positions will turn into full to AGR positions. But I think it's important for us to focus on recruiting for these new positions uh, so that we can start to deliver the Envision services at the headquarters. Uh, and then finally, when it comes to people, uh, it's to be able to uh, rapidly transition into a post-COVID-19 world. Now, I don't know when that's going to happen. I, my preference would be that it happen sooner rather than later. Uh, but uh, the reality is, is that we're already taking steps to, to try to train safely. Uh, and 
considered mission essential and are working already. Uh, those folks are always at the forefront of people. Uh, so it's this idea of taking care of those uh, that currently serve within our structure, uh, you know, whether it's soldiers making sure they're promoted uh, in a timely fashion, uh, or whether it's or whether it's uh, civilians and making sure that they're properly cared for uh, in once a you know once a difficult time. Um, the second line of effort, uh, or second priority, is readiness. Okay, and I talked a good bit about that already, and, and kind of included in that uh, is this is partnerships. That's one of General Daniels' uh, priorities. But when I think about readiness, you know, I think we have to get the organization. Uh, ready first to be able to do uh, to be able to to do this idea of building readiness for tomorrow so there's a few key pri there's a few key things that fall out under that uh, so Fort Schnelling uh, uh, needs an emergency operations center uh, and it needs to be able to do that with all the things that an emergency operations center would have like secure communications those are deficient at Fort Schnelling, uh, where I'm located, but uh, and where the, the G357 uh, actual is located. And so it's important uh, that we get that uh, done sooner rather uh, than, than later. Uh, it means communicating across, across the command in the 19-state region. Uh, so we're, you know, we've established a strategic engagement uh, working group with the idea that we that we start to explain what has changed. I mean, if if you're on the outside looking at looking at the 88th uh, readiness division now, you'd note that well, this is the third name it's had really in the last 10 years, uh, and, and so I think there's a an aspect of that it, it, that is communicating, but there's a huge aspect uh, that that builds on individual soldier soldier and civilian readiness, and that's to address the really a few tough issues that the Army faces right now: uh, sexual uh, assault and harassment, prevention of suicide. Uh, family programs, uh, racism, uh, and extremism uh, that are subjects that we have to discuss. Uh, and so in my mind, that's also part of, of, of talking uh, across the command. And by that, it helps build readiness. Uh, it's also the multifunctional training program that's currently established that provides kind of a bedrock of training uh, that, that empowers, in many cases, our full-time staff members to be able to do their job uh, better. Uh, it, it also has two other kind of key aspects that are internal to the 88th. Uh, so one, one is to uh, 
to really look hard at medical readiness uh, and make sure we can return to where we were pre-COVID-19. Uh, and that's all about taking care of soldiers and making sure they're healthy. Uh, uh, it's, it's also uh, in, includes being able to capture information in DTMS, which is the training system of record. Uh, we've made some great strides in that over the, over the last couple of months, but, but it's something that we have to do and have to be committed to. Uh, finally, uh, I think it's a recognition that the Mission Command Support Group is a subordinate element of the 88th RD, and they have a really, really difficult job because they have, they have, I want to say, 20 plus individual organizations that that fall out within public affairs, chaplains, uh, history detachments, uh, and, and a couple other, uh, you know, a couple other. Uh, units that, you know, when you look at it, you go, well, we're just, you know, we're just providing um, a holding area uh, for these units. And I don't believe that. We actually have several of those units that are, that are part of the Army res Response Force, formerly known as Ready Force X. Uh, we have some soldiers deployed right now uh, on on a mission uh, or a mobilization. And so we have to recognize as a command that we actually have soldiers who have an operational mission. Oh, I left that one important group, our army bands uh, that reside within the MCSG and, and have an important function. And I think paying attention to that and providing mission command of the MCSG can help them deal with some tough problems they're having to work through while their own uh, uh, TDA uh, is developed and their own full-time staffing is to develop. We have to fill in some of those gaps. And then finally, the, the third priority is transformation. Now, Gerald Daniels talks about this in terms of, of modernization and reform, and there's a huge effort going on across the Army of modernization. Uh, and then when Gerald Daniels talks about reform, she's talking about, uh, she's talking about, you know, how do we uh, cut away layers of, of bureaucratic steps that may not be needed. But when I talk about transformation, to me, that means we have to we have to develop an innovative culture. And why is that important? Um, so, if you look just in the coming year, uh, the Army Reserve is going to start to receive JLTVs, which is a new vehicle uh, and uh, weapons platform, uh, and we're going to have to work on those. Uh, it'll be our job to work on those. There's all kind of new equipment that's being that's being fielded in any given year, but the pace of that is likely to increase as we as we move towards a multi-domain operations capable force in 2028 and a fully multi 
domain operations force by 2035. Uh, and so now's the time for us to start to think innovatively about how we deliver services uh, and modernize the services that we provide. Uh, so it's important to make sure that our mechanics, for example, working at, at uh, ECS and AMSA sites, uh, you know, or, or being able to work on equipment uh, with the right tool sets, the right access to manuals uh, that are now all maintained online, uh, and, and are able to actually work on increasingly complex pieces of equipment. Uh, so I think that's one aspect of transformation uh, that's going to be really, really important. The final piece of transformation uh, touches on uh, something that ties back to infrastructure. Uh, so we have, you know, we have 250 plus facilities across the 19 state region, uh, and we have uh, 11 local training areas. Fort McCoy is it uh, is there in Wisconsin. Uh, and the Army is moving to an increasingly uh, uh, synthetic training environment. And when the Army talks about a synthetic training environment, they're talking about an environment where you can train virtually and live, uh, where you can, uh, where people in theater can reach back to, to soldiers. Uh, and civilians that may not be in theater. Uh, and my assessment is, is that from a communications network standpoint, uh, we've got we've got a long way to go, uh, and we're going to have to look look and define the problem. One, uh, two, uh, we're going to have to have a plan. That plan's not going to be able to address the totality of the problem all at one time because I think it's going to cost a lot of money. But we we can't just stay where we're at. Uh, the demands of the future may include, you know, mobilizing more from home station as opposed to going to concentrated uh, MFGI sites. Uh, it may require us to you know, provide this thing I call, call reach-back services. Uh, and all of those occur over a communications network. Uh, and the Army Reserve's communications network into our facilities uh, is not what it needs to be. You know, we're bringing uh, a new personnel system online, uh, IPSA-A, uh, over the course of the next two years. And, and we know that there is an, a, there are additional bandwidth demands associated with it, uh, but we don't know how much. We don't know if if you know we will have latency problems. We don't know a lot of things about that. So that's a very near-term problem where the communications network uh, could could be impacted. Uh, it, it's my belief that if we, you know, if we execute our mission along the lines of effort uh, that have been laid out uh, for the for the 
divisions, uh, and we approach it uh, kind of looking at my priorities, uh, that we can get to an end state where we have quality facilities, we're delivering best-in-class services and programs, uh, and that that will result in quantifiable uh, personnel, uh, equipment, equipment readiness, and training gains uh, for those that we support, and that indeed will enable those units to be uh, multi-domain operations capable by 2028. Uh, so that's kind of how I, I think about it. Thank you to